First, this bulletin from the WOR newsroom. Six members of one family have been found shot to death in their night clothes in their expensive home in Amityville, Long Island. The only available information at this moment, according to the Amityville Village Police, is that the, mem- the victims have been identified as members of the DeFeo family. They were found by a 23-year-old son, Ronald DeFeo, who is believed to be the only surviving member of the family. Today, police combed the DeFeo's handsome three-story house for clues while divers explored the backyard swimming pool for the still-unfound murder weapon. Police have been questioning the son, Ronald, and now say he is being, quote, safeguarded. Investigators say without explanation that they now feel young DeFeo was in the house at the time of the murders, but they're not yet considering him a suspect. There's one element in the usual mass murder story which seems to be missing from this case. There's no sense of fear in this community. No feeling of a mass murderer on the loose. People we talked to seem to feel that whatever was the motive for this crime, it had something to do with the family. It's not something that's going to return to bother anyone else. Hey everyone, welcome to Horror Haven Podcast. I'm Dylan. I'm Sierra. And we are back. Finally. We, we have not posted in a couple months. We actually recorded an episode right before Christmas, but being out of the loop of things, we didn't record with the right microphone and it sounded terrible so that is added to the pile of lost episodes there's many of them now (laughs) probably about three or four at least but uh today we're going to be talking about the amityville horror from 2005 we're also going to be talking a little bit about the actual case and what went on because it's a lot different from the movie that was released so if you've listened to our other show Cult crimes conspiracies this is kind of gonna we have one episode yeah this is kind of gonna double as a episode of that as well because we're gonna a crossover dive into both so we hope you enjoy the episode The case kind of starts out, we'll, we'll start it where the movie starts it with um, Ronald DeFeo Jr. who murdered his family on November 13th, 1974. So It was a Wednesday. Yeah, so uh, weird little funny backstory behind this. Um, a lot of my family is from Long Island where Amityville is and I remember back when this movie came out I was talking to my grandma about it because she had grown up in the area and she had told me that her brother was at Henry's Bar the night that this all happened. Henry's Bar is the bar that Ronald DeFeo Jr. went to after killing his family where the 911 call was made where he said, you know, my family's dead, we need help, whatever. So um, my uncle was there at the time. I actually just called her before we recorded this to make sure I didn't like make this story up in my head. <laughs> But, um, 
Yeah, no, she confirmed it, and she said that she even it's said funny it was because, on a Wednesday. So then we double checked to make sure it was on a Wednesday. Yeah, it's to funny. It she, it, it's funny that like you can recall stuff like this because she knew exactly it was a Wednesday, and she knew exactly where she was, and she actually said that um, they were all really terrified at the time because did they go to school? They went to school with well, Ronnie DeFeo. yeah, they went to school with Ronnie DeFeo Jr. But um, she said they were scared at the time because initially it wasn't said that Ronnie DeFeo Jr. had done it. He just said that he found his family dead. So there was kind of this widespread panic. According to my grandma, she's also a very paranoid person. So <laughs> I, I don't we really love know. Her. But um, she said that everybody was kind of terrified because they didn't know if this was something where, you know, somebody was just going house to house or if there was a killer out there that was on the loose still that could have went to somebody else's house nearby. So I guess there was this kind of like panic in the area. But she she seemed really excited when I brought it up because, I mean, it is kind of... Crazy it, to, to have them, yeah, to exactly, know what happened. To have that know. connection. So um, Ronnie DeFeo Jr., like I said, he wasn't initially charged with it, but... From my understanding, people talking to people in the town, everybody kind of assumed, like, hey, he's the only one that was left alive. He probably is the one that did it. Also, uh, there was this long-standing reputation with the family where his father was known to be abusive towards the family. Um, he would beat the mom in front of them and beat the kids. Mm -hmm. and So... Uh, it's kind of something where people the said, good old you know, <laughs> it's kind of something where people said, you know, he probably snapped. He probably couldn't take it anymore. So he was also a drug addict. Yeah. He, um, he, he also, yeah, he had a reputation. He was a drug addict. He was on heroin and LSD at the time, which I'm sure he was hearing voices. <laughs> he well, was high as a kite. So I guess there, from what I had said, seen to read a little bit. As soon as they died, he was asking police how he would go about collecting his dad's life insurance. Okay. I, I remember seeing something, too, a while back about how... He, I don't remember if it was earlier that day or the previous day. They had gotten into an argument because um, Ronnie DeFeo Jr. had asked his father to borrow money. And his father said no. High so, for drugs. So, I mean, the go-to in that case is obviously kill your entire family, but... What That's what I would do. <laughs> I mean, okay, if you've ever watched any type of true crime documentary, you know the last thing you do when you've been the mur when you are the murderer is ask about the life insurance yeah. policy or take out a life insurance policy on someone in your family because that's what gets you caught every single <laughs> time. Every single time. So eventually Ronnie DeFeo Jr. was arrested for the murders. I believe... I, I'm going off a of memory here. I probably should have taken notes, but we kind of decided last minute to do this. Um, jumping I, back in. I believe that he initially denied doing so, like doing it. And then, then he, he admitted to doing it. Voices told him, right? Well, was it his dog? No, that was son of Sam, right? Well, so this is where it gets kind of weird. I I've researched it a little bit, and I watched a lot of documentaries, and a lot of it's contradicts each other like they contradict each other a lot mm -hmm. so it's kind of hard to know exactly what happened but we'll jump forward to december of 1975 the following year almost 
exactly a year later. That's when the family moved in. That's when the family moved in, the Watts family. That's funny because that's another thing to look at in the movie is it's clearly not December in New York there. Yeah. (laughs) It's very clearly probably early fall, I would say probably September. So the Watts family moves in a year later. They stay in the house for 28 days. They flee the house after 28 days. Now... From what I've seen, initially they had claimed that they hadn't seen anything crazy in the house, but they had heard noises, things would fall off shelves. Pussies. Yeah, and they would panic about it. <laughs> I like that you agreed with me. You're like, yeah, they are. <laughs> Duh. Now, their claims have changed over the years of what had happened. They've gotten... Thanks to the Warrens. Well, not just the Warrens. There's a, there's a lot that has to do with it. So it's kind of hard to tell what had happened. So they had called a man. I forget his first name. His last name was Kaplan, mm-hmm. but he was a vampirologist. They wanted to get a... a How, are there any hiring in this area? Because <laughs> I need a new job. Um, They wanted to get uh, somebody who... Yeah, vampirologist. <laughs> What the fuck? (laughs) They wanted to get somebody who was familiar with... Vampires? Well, paranormal. Like, paranormal stuff. Did they think that Dracula was in the basement? No. But he said he would be able to investigate and let them know if something was going on. Now, uh, to my understanding, he had told them... Was this guy legitimate? Yes. To my understanding, he had told them, if there's something in the house, I will legitimize your claims in the media and tell them, yes, there's something wrong You're in the house. you telling me this guy hunts vampires? <laughs> I don't know, Sierra. I don't know what vampirologists do. I'm Googling it. But, um, to my understanding, he had said, if if there's something in the house, I'll let everyone know that you're not making this up. If there's not something in the house, then I'm gonna tell them, you know, there's nothing in the house. So, I guess he had done an interview... <laughs> you're really Googling vampirologists. Okay. Look at it. He comes right up. Stephen Kaplan. Where is he? Right there. Oh, I, th- I saw Stephen and then Kay just Im- immediately was like Stephen King. Uh, was a noted paranormal investigator, vampirologist, and founder Here, and director click. of the Vampire Research Center. Yeah, so they investigate vampires here. Wait, hold on. No, I'm looking more into this. I mean, that right there tells I mean, it's in the same county, so it would make sense that they would contact him. Yeah, so anyway... He said he was a skeptic yeah. on the Amityville. Yeah, he was a skeptic on the whole case, which is why he had said, if if there's nothing going on, then I'm going to report that there's nothing going on. Mm-hmm. So the morning that he was supposed to investigate, he had gotten a call from Kathy Lutz basically saying that they didn't want it to go public. They didn't want the media involved or anything. Mm-hmm. So... They didn't. They basically canceled on him. They said, we don't want to do this with you now. That same day, they did a press conference with the media, which was set up by William Weber. William Weber was the lawyer who was defending Ronald DeFeo Jr. Now... <clears throat> So they were trying to prove that there was something going on in the house as a defense for Ronald DeFeo Jr.? Well, that is... William Weber has come out and said that the entire thing was made up. Mm -hmm. He said that he sat down with the Lutzes, they drank 
four bottles of wine and they basically he he said that he showed them crime scene photos he showed them details on the case that the public wouldn't have known which would then lead them to say okay well here's how we could make this something paranormal so uh this was things like when the police would have dusted for fingerprints the black smudges on the walls they said oh well we see like black sludge on the walls um it was reported that when the police removed the bodies there were a ton of flies in the upstairs bedroom well that's where they got the whole well there's swarms of flies upstairs well there's so, dead bodies right. in the house but it's you have to think it's winter so that's not a normal thing. Oh yeah, flies would be dead. Thank God. <laughs> so, to according to Weber, they sat down and they basically made up this whole story. That story is what the Lutzes would use to make their book. No, they still now, claim that it's they it, up right, until death. So, right? so this is where it again it gets a little weird. Um, these claims would also help aid. Ronnie DeFeo Jr.'s case for insanity. He said Don't that worry, he, he got locked up, guys. He said that he killed his family. He he had a story where he was hearing voices telling him to kill his family, and he said a black figure, like a woman, I believe he said, handed him a gun and told him to kill his family, which he had done. Um, which also sounds like it could be sleep paralysis. <laughs> so... This story had been made up, and the Lutzes would go on to... They didn't make a lot of money off of this, but it was a weird thing where Weber made money off of it. And then he gave money to them. He he gave money to Ronnie DeFeo Jr. He Ronnie DeFeo Jr. got like 5% of the royalties for the book, or some, some weird thing like that. Again, don't quote me on any of this. I didn't take notes. I believe that's correct, though. Um, now, Jay Anson is the guy who would go on to write the book, Amityville, Amityville Horror. Horror, which came before the original movie that came out in 79. Jay Anson has gone on to say that he made up a lot of stuff in the book or exaggerated a lot of stuff in the book, which directly inspired the movie. Mm-hmm. So how severe the haunting, if there was any, is kind of hard to say. Now, the Warrens were brought in. They lied. They Well, again, it's not proven that they lied. The Warrens were brought in. They said that but we this know. place was very, very haunted. There were demons everywhere. The biggest piece of evidence, and I'm sure if you know anything about this case, you've seen the picture, is the one of the little boy in the staircase. So the story is that they had a camera set up that would detect motion, that would take a picture every time there was a shot. Which and you they, saw in one of the Conjuring movies, didn't you? The first one, yeah. yeah. Um, they caught a picture of a little boy in a staircase, which became this huge, like, viral thing. Now, the weird thing about that is that the, that had all happened in 76, I believe. They didn't re- George Lutz did not release that picture until 79 when the movie came out and when he was working on his own book. Mm-hmm. So that's where some of that controversy came in, that he had used that to publicize his book. Because why would you hold on to that and not just release it when you went public in the first place? Mm -hmm. So another thing with the Warrens is that they have had a lot of controversy. um, And, like, 
claims that they had fabricated a lot of stuff with their other cases, which I'm back and forth with it. The fun-loving part of you wants to believe everything they say. Right. But the realistic part of you is like, all right, guys. I think, and we've had this conversation before. um, Quite a few times. Yeah, I think that they probably did have legitimate cases that they worked on. I think that they got a lot of attention from it, and they liked the attention. They also... Kind of like the people who make the movies. Yeah, there's... <laughs> I mean, people have said, you know, oh, they just do this for the money. Well, they never got paid for the cases that they did. Mm-hmm. But... They do get they, paid for that museum. Well, yeah, that, and they've written tons of books on the cases they've done, mm-hmm. which they've, they've made money on. So, it's really hard to say with the Warrens and... There's a lot of things that you could see in favor of what they've said and against what they've said. So there's really no way of knowing for sure. I think, too, though, is that when you have um, people that clean, that they're demonologists come into your house and they're telling you it's haunted and there's these demons, I think that it also probably sways your mental perception on things that are happening because every creak that you hear in your house all of a sudden is footsteps. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Every sound, every, every... time the ac pops on that's whispers you know um i think that when you have people telling you oh it's haunted it's haunted it's haunted maybe somewhere your subconscious starts to believe it and you start irrationalizing yeah another claim that there was that um i think is a lot less likely to uh is that there's been claims that ed and lorraine warren were hired by Weber or somebody else to say that the house was haunted to also aid in Ronnie DeFeo Jr.'s case. Now, you may not have the answer to this question, but so Weber came out and said it was all bullshit. Yes. But Okay, but he were... used it as a defense. So he lied in court <laughs> and then admitted to lying in court. Is Did he get charged with anything like that? Well, I don't believe so because his claims were to help with Ronnie DeFeo and Jr. And he still got locked up. Claiming insa- pleading insanity. Mm-hmm. So pleading insanity and pleading I was possessed. I mean. It's kind of the same thing. <laughs> yeah, essentially, because the courts could look at it as. This, and I'm not he, saying that I he, don't believe in possession. I'm just saying that like if in he's a saying, courtroom. Oh, I was possessed. They're going to look at that as you're insane. Oh, you're crazy. Yeah. yeah. Um. I think that possession may be real to a certain extent, maybe. Yeah, so to my understanding, he didn't get in any sort of trouble with it, but there was a lawsuit between George Lutz and Weber because the Lutz family, to the day they died, well, George and Kathy, till the day they died, claimed they did not make this up. So they actually brought Weber to court over his claims that it was all fabricated. Um, George Lutz has brought a few people to court, including the makers of the... 2005 movie that we're going to discuss. I feel like George Lutz was just out for money, money, money. Yeah. I feel like he probably bought that house. It was probably out of their price range. And they said, fuck, we can't afford to pay the mortgage. We got to get out of here. They got out of the house and then they needed money to fix their fucking credit. Yeah. The the one thing that makes me kind of like skeptical on it and also um, fast forward a little bit. Later on in, I believe, the 90s, mm-hmm. Ronnie DeFeo Jr. said straight out, there were no demons, there was no possession, I killed my family, I was on drugs, I was in a bad place, and I has snapped... He, has he ever said that he feels guilt about killing his family? Do we know? I'm Googling it. 
Your face says you don't know. I, I don't, but it, I wouldn't Google it right now. There's too much to look into. He's literally said a We're going to do things. a part two to this. <laughs> yeah, we can expand on it more we'll, later on. We'll do but, an episode on crimes, cults, and conspiracies, and we'll do like deep research, because now I'm curious. The whole thing that makes me really skeptical on the whole thing is that... The story that the Lutz have told, the Lutz's, Lutz, whatever, the family has told has changed so much. And, like, now you have, um, in 2012, there was a documentary that was put out that Chris Lutz, one the, of the kids, the had, uh, had been part of. And he started bringing up all this stuff that was never even said before by Georgia Cathy. So, what they've said has changed so much. And it's kind of well, hard. especially with the kids, though, too, you also have to consider their imaginations at that time. Because, like... I have tons of memories from kids that, like, from childhood, like, I remember, like, you know, hearing creaks outside my door or hearing a door close and, you know, in my head, oh my god, my house is haunted, but reality, I lived in a house that was built in 1890 and it was creaky and there was drafts in it. Well, to add to that, too, I mean, they were very young at the time. Mm-hmm. So if you have your parents your entire life saying, like, this it's happened, haunted, this happened, haunted, it was haunted, haunted you're this gonna happened. You're going to start making up memories. Exactly. So it's kind of hard to tell. I don't want to say that they're full of shit because I don't know. I think that the kids are probably being very honest with what they remember. I think that the parents are full of shit. Well, another big piece of, uh, a big piece of this, too, is that the Lutz family... George and Kathy, that is, they took lie detector tests, mm-hmm. and it came back. I think it was like one of the top polygraph, yeah, whatever in the in the country, and it came back that they were being honest. But that could also be too the same thing where you tell yourself over and over again, like this happened, this it. happened, you start to believe and it, and that's that, that's probably what it was at some point is that they started to believe it, or maybe it's all true and they were all possessed by demons. <laughs> I think that's likely too. Yeah, so um, the movie that we're going to talk about, George Lutz had actually pursued a lawsuit against them because um, he, he, for defamation of characters, essentially. Um, in the movie, his character becomes possessed and tries to kill the family. It's very abusive. And he too. kills their dog, and it's just all stuff. Basically, I, I tried to look into what. George and Kathy Lutz's claims actually were versus what was in the book that was fabricated. It's changed so much, and there's. So I guess what they had done was George and Kathy Lutz recorded tapes and gave it to Jay Anson to help with his book. The claims were that they gave him tapes with over 45 hours of commentary that they had done on accounts that had happened in the house. Those tapes have never been released. Some people have said they don't even exist. But I, it, it's hard to tell because Jay Anson has said it's bullshit. Mark, or not Mark. William Weber has said it's bullshit. Ronnie DeFeo says it's bullshit. Ronnie DeFeo says it's bullshit. The Lutzes say it's real. The Lutzes the changed their story. The ho- <laughs> and, and no other family that have lived in the house since have had any type of paranormal experiences. Is that That's, that's accurate. Correct. There was also another... Um, and Dylan's been there. Yes, I have. <laughs> there was also another um, paranormal investigator who had gone, and this this is where the whole Indian burial ground thing had been brought up, was that the other paranormal investigator had said, oh, there's um, Native Americans here, they're buried here, and you're on their land, and they're pissed off, and they're the ones telling you to get out. Mm-hmm. So 
No catch him, kill him shit? No. Um, <laughs> the Jeremiah Ketchum, the closest thing to an actual historical figure that he could have been based on is John Ketchum, mm-hmm. who... The, was a, the he, he was a reverend, but there's no accounts of him actually torturing or killing Native Americans. He just came over from England. So this movie in 2005 really made a lot of shit up. And they took a little and ran with it very, very far away. Yeah. So but we, I'm not complaining because it's a fun movie. Yeah. So with that being said, let's talk Amityville 2005. Houses here are way out of our price range. When the business is good, we are going to have the greatest house. It's beautiful. This is an amazing house. You are going to love it. Holy. This is the deal of a lifetime. So, what's the catch? There was a crime, a a murder. In the house? Several people, a family. Houses don't kill people. <laughs> to a perfect house and to a perfect family. Who are you talking to? The girl who lives in my closet. And what's her name? Jody. What's the matter? Just seeing things, I guess. There was a family lived here some time ago. They had a similar problem. I'm living in their house. We need to get out of here. Just back up and go. Everything we have is in this house. It's okay, mommy. Jody won't hurt you. But the man who lives here, she says he's bad. The Amityville Horror was released in 2005. It was released by Platinum Dunes. Um, Which kills it with horror movies. Fuck, what's the, what's the one that makes all Saw movies? Um, Lionsgate? No, they have like a... Twisted Oh no, pictures. you know what? Bloomhouse is the one I'm Blumhouse. thinking of. Yeah, fuck them. <laughs> they're, they're hit or miss. They have some Platinum ones. Dunes did the remake of Texas Chainsaw Massacre, which yeah. was solid. Mm-hmm. Remake of Amityville Horror, which was solid. Mm-hmm. They did. Oh, they did a bunch of good ones. Like, Platinum Dunes kills it, man. I I don't think that I've seen... Because I, I always... I never know that a, a movie's Platinum Dunes until I'm watching it. And I'm like, damn, Platinum Dunes is everywhere. They kill it, man. Yeah, they have, they have a lot of terrible movies, too. We won't say they're all good. Yeah, but, like, a good amount. Like, the best horror remakes, I feel like, were put out by Platinum Dunes. Yes. Sorry, so, Rob Zombie, uh, on your Halloween remake, it was garbage. The movie was directed by Andrew Douglas, 
Um, Who the fuck knows him? Yeah, he didn't really do too much. Uh, I think he had directed a few episodes of that show Mindhunter on Netflix. I've heard good things about that. Yeah. We watched the first episode. It was kind of... I probably didn't pay attention to it, because <laughs> I don't remember that at all. Um, the movie stars Ryan Reynolds, which... Ooh, Ryan Reynolds with a beard. Okay, so the whole Ryan Reynolds mm. thing, it threw me off, because this is 2005. Wait, and... you're telling me Deadpool's in this movie? Yes. Fuck. Um, this was 2005. The only thing that I had seen Ryan Reynolds in when I had first seen Van this Wilder. movie was Van Wilder, um, Harold and Kumar go to White Castle, he was and in... Waiting. Oh my god, I forgot about waiting. Yeah. With the balls, right? That's yeah. the movie where they show each other their balls. So, seeing that he was in this movie, I was kind of like, okay, this is going to be a joke. He, this guy can't act. So yeah, it was weird seeing him in this role, but it he did good. Like, he fucking killed it. It was the beard. It took away <laughs> the funny. But it, it's weird too, though, because we were talking about this, because we watched Van Wilder again recently. and That movie's solid too. <laughs> This movie is the only one I can really think of where he plays a serious role. Definitely, maybe. Yeah, I haven't seen that. But that's still, like, like lighthearted. Yeah. It's it's a romance. Because you said, too, like, when we watched Van Wilder, you were like, he literally plays this role in every one of his yeah, movies. He's, Van Wilder is Deadpool. Is also the character from Harold and Kumar. What else has he been in? What hasn't he been in? He's fucking Ryan Reynolds. Detective Oh, Pikachu. the voices. That's one where he's different, but he's still funny. He was in Buried. I haven't seen Buried. That one, he plays a serious role. I feel like that movie would take me... I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't think I could watch a movie of him being buried for the whole thing. Is that what it is? He's, like, literally buried the entire time? <laughs> I haven't watched Check it. Check out the know, voices, man. guys, because we reviewed that a while ago. Ryan Reynolds killed it. Yeah, um... <laughs> Melissa George is in it. She plays Kathy Lutz. Chloe Grace Moritz played Chelsea Lutz. Don't forget that douchebag kid from Butterfly Effect. Yeah. Jesse James. Which we were supposed to do an episode on and never did. Yeah. We got that in our back pocket. Legit. His name was Jesse James. <laughs> His parents really liked the Wild West. So, um, starts out with Ronnie DeFeo Jr. killing his family. George and Kathy Lutz move their family in. They live for, there for 28 days. The, the main story is the same as what had actually happened. Like, the... The, the, the bare minimum. Line. Yeah. Um, Chris Lutz, the son, had said in a recent interview, the only thing that this movie got right was that they moved into the house and they moved out. He's like, other than that, everything is made up. Now, that being said, I don't think it... It, it sucks knowing that now because you watch it and you're like, this is fucking terrifying and this happened. and But... I feel like that's every movie that's based on true story. It's just yeah, it's some not... of them aren't even really based on true stories. <coughs> Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Blair Witch Project, Blair Witch Project. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. I don't know if that ever claimed to be based on true story though. They just Blair marketed Witch it Project as... Two. Oh God. <laughs> so um, I mean, the first thing that stands out to me about this movie, and you had said so too, is it's filmed very well. <laughs> the shots are very nice. It's it's visually appealing. It's visually appealing. The set is great. The house that they used is It's really cool amazing. because they took aspects of the actual Amityville house, which is like those curved windows, um, and it's almost like a barn-style house, mm -hmm. um, like the shape, uh, which this house was not that house at all, not even similar. It was huge. This house looked like a fucking mansion. The real house is a very modest, pretty, probably a three-bedroom what three bedroom house, like not huge. Mm -hmm. Um... And they actually took pieces 
um, not pieces of the house, but like design ideas, elements from from the actual Amityville house, and either I don't know if they built something up to make it look like it was similar to that house, or if they just edited it in. I don't know how they go about that, but pretty much the house they used didn't have those that top part, the top half of it that has the windows and like the chimney and everything, that's not actually part of this house at all. Um, that's a, a prop of some sort or an edit of some sort, mm -hmm. but they did a really good job at putting two houses together to, to kind of take inspiration from the original Amityville house, which I thought was a really interesting way of doing things. Um, I also think that it was a good choice to use a different house just because the Amityville house, you look at it and it's like, it's a really nice house, well, and it's really well kept. So you don't look at it and you're like, oh, this is creepy, let's film a horror movie there. It's a beautiful house, which I was sad to learn today that they actually took out those antique windows. Yeah, they did it to keep tourists away. I found it anyway because my grandma knew exactly where it was. Shouts out to you. Mima, <laughs> we love you, Mima. But, um... Yeah, it, another thing about that too is the house in this movie, they have it in this like, you know, it's, it's back away from the road, like private huge, area, huge big lake yard. behind and, it. Well, there, there is like a, there is water, like a lake and everything behind the actual house, but the actual house, there's neighbors right next to you on both sides. It's right on the street. Um, Which brings up the question, why didn't the neighbors call the police when they heard the gunshots? Yeah, we're gonna have to do a whole episode about this case because there's there's Tune a lot. Tune into crimes, cults, and conspiracies in three weeks. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot to dive into. Like I'm I'm looking at like trivia facts about the movie right now that we could talk about, and there's stuff that I didn't even think to bring up, like the fact that uh, well, what I, what I had just read was that it, it has to do with the court case between George Lutz and the makers of the movie. Um, MGM, when they made this movie, when they marketed it, they claimed that it was based on new information uncovered during the research of the original events. George Lutz later claimed that he was never spoken to, nor was his family, about the project. So they had marketed it as, oh, we have all this new evidence, and that's what this movie's based off of, but it wasn't true. George Lutz just wanted to make money. Like, I would... If somebody made a fucking horror movie about me killing my family, or, like, trying to kill my family, I'd be like, oh, fuck, cool. I'm the star of a horror movie. Look at that. George Lutz just wanted money. Yeah. Like, nobody's gonna, like, watch this movie and be like, oh, George Lutz was a psycho. James Vanderbeek. Like, James Vanderbeek turned on the role of George Lutz. Thank God. <laughs> Love you, Dawson. Uh, another fun fact about the movie that I just read Ryan Reynolds didn't talk to the family. Like, he distanced himself from the rest of the cast of the movie. So, all the kids in the movie thought that he hated them so they were like really upset the whole time ryan said later on that he distanced himself because he didn't want to fall in love with the kids and then have to leave when the movie was over he also did it so that as the movie as the movie went on it added to the tension because he turns into this like monster he, yeah he's very like evil and mean to the family and starts the scene where she, he makes the so boy said, holds the wood is the best. He said that it would be harder for him to do that if he was if close, he was with, close the with the kids. Yeah, which I could imagine. Like he, he gets pretty bad in the movie. I really want to talk to Chloe Grace Moritz and be like, "Is it true Ryan Reynolds was a douche to you?" 
This was her first movie, too. Mm-hmm. She's cute and she's a little... Like, I mean, she's still, like, she's beautiful. But, like, she's adorable as a kid. Yeah. I liked her pink converses on the roof. So this movie, it, it jumps right into it with, uh, as far as the haunting goes. I mean, like, the first night that they're there, there's the sex scene, and then it shows Jody like, tied up with a noose at the end of the bed, which I don't understand. Because she didn't die that way. Yeah, I don't, I don't... I guess just for a scare... Um, the part that scared the shit out of me, and it's still genuinely pretty fucking creepy, is, uh... When the youngest son goes to the bathroom? Yeah, he goes to the bathroom, and there's this, um... I'm, I'm guessing it's one of the Native Americans that was tortured, is, like, behind him. And, like, blood's coming out of the mouth, and it's just, like... They added so much into this movie storyline to make it as... Like, to be able to add weird, creepy shit into it for no reason. See, here's what I'll say, too. It needed it, in my opinion. Oh, yeah, you could have taken the, what the Lutz has actually said and made a horror movie out of it. Well, I've tried probably at least five times, maybe more, to watch the original movie. And I've never I've never made it through the original Amityville Horror. Yeah, we've tried it. Because it is so fucking boring. And, I mean, I'm sure one day I'll actually make it through and maybe I'll like it. I, it's been a while since I tried. Maybe I'll appreciate it a little bit more now, but... Past me, not a fan. This, it, it was genuinely, genuinely a scary movie. I think it was a fun movie too. Like it's not over. Like it's not to the point where like you're gonna have nightmares from it. But it is to the point where you might want to turn on the lights before you go to the bathroom. So, uh, I watched this movie. I, I rented it when it came out on DVD. You always have the best first watch stories, <laughs> except Erica with the being birthed because of. Freddy Krueger. Yeah, I, I rented this movie on DVD when it came out, and um, I watched it at my mom's house, and it, so I watched this movie late at night, and it ended, and I turned the TV off, and I'm laying in my room in the dark, and all of a sudden I hear somebody talking, like whispering, and I'm like, what the fuck is that? So oh, I'm laying there, I'm laying there, and I'm like... No, wait, so I checked the time. It's fucking 3.15. Oh, God. Which is the time in this movie. Um, so in real life, 3.15 is the time that Ronnie DeFeo Jr. killed his family. Um, it's also the time in this movie George Lutz wakes up at 3.15, which is actually, I, I believe it's that's an actual thing that he had said, was he was constantly waking up at 3.15 when they lived in the house. Um, so I, I checked the time. It's 3.15. And I'm like, no fucking way. So I'm laying there, and I'm like, I'm just imagining things. I keep hearing voices. So I'm like, what the fuck? So finally, me being a little bitch, <laughs> called for my mom. <laughs> I'm like a grown-ass kid calling for my mom. Again, he was probably about 12. I think I was like 13 and 14 maybe when I watched it. But um, so <laughs> my mom comes up the stairs, and she's like, what? What the fuck's going on? And I'm like, there's voices. And she's like, there's not voices. Go the fuck to sleep. I'm like, there's voices. Listen. So we're sitting there, and we're just standing there in the dark, and she starts hearing them. And she's like, what the fuck? So we go to the doorway. Um, my bedroom was right at the top of the stairs, and at the bottom of the stairs was the living room. My little brother was sleeping on the couch. Was it Zachary? And, yeah, and he was, he was talking in his sleep. And I was just like, motherfucker. Do I ever scare you when I talk in my sleep like that? No, I expect it at this point. <laughs> but that's that's my first time watching Shore. You said you saw it in theaters. Yeah, I night. did. I did see it in theaters. I was 
2005, I was in what, sixth grade, seventh grade? And I saw it with my best friend. It was good. I remember it was a full theater. I'm pretty sure her brother was probably there. He's always there. I love you, Tom. So, uh, yeah, it, I'm trying to think of, I don't want to like go scene by scene, but. Why don't we start with the stuff that's like obviously added into the movie for like horror effect? Yeah, um, I think the biggest one is the scene towards the end of the movie where George Lutz goes, he finds the secret room. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's like these torture, like there's fucking uh, like cells with Native Americans with torture devices on them and everything. And then Jeremiah Ketchum like slits his throat in front of it. And there's so, like blood pouring out everywhere. Yeah, so it's in the very creepy scene. Yeah, in the real house, George Lutz did find a secret room in the basement, which was referred to as the Red Room. Mm-hmm. But it was literally just a small little storage closet that was like boarded up which isn't uncommon in older houses either yeah i mean it's kind of weird like i don't know why you would board that up but i had a creepy storage room i mean i don't think it's something that was keeping native americans to torture (laughs) you don't know their lives so um there's definitely that the killing of the dog yeah the the, the axe murder of the dog yeah that was made up completely Mm-hmm. Um, that was another thing that George Watts said was like defamation of character because they never killed the dog. They did say that the dog tried to kill itself. It jumped over its like pen or something that it was in, and its leash was too short. And it, like, but I mean, that could have just been the dog not realizing how long its leash was. Yeah, dogs are stupid sometimes. <laughs> um, there is uh, the little girl climbing up on top of the roof. Yeah, that was one hundred percent made up. The whole ending of this movie, um, that was that's probably my biggest complaint with it, is uh, at the end of the movie, there's the whole thing where like George Lutz makes coffins for his family and he's chasing them through the house trying to kill I them. I love that though. It it's a good it's good for the movie, but mm-hmm. bad for the, the Lutzes. Well, so no, I, I that's not the part I don't mind. Or that, that part I don't mind. What I hate is when she knocks him out. And then it shows her getting hit in the stomach with the axe. Oh, yeah, because he sees that. Yeah, and then... And he goes, kill me or I'll kill you! Yeah, so uh, I don't good. I don't see a point to that whole entire scene because he, like, it, I guess just for shock. You're just like, yeah, oh, my God, he, was like, he killed the mom. He killed the mom. How are the kids going to get out now? And... And then you really like, oh, he didn't. Yeah. Okay, this is the this is my complaint. Okay. Well, I I also hate. Oh, sorry. I'm not done. I okay. also hate the very last scene where it shows Jody in the house and she starts screaming and it's just like her CGI face moving around, like twitching around. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, why? What the fuck? Okay, so this is my issue. We've been living in this house for almost a month. This guy's been shitty to your kids, been shitty to you mentally, verbally. Almost physically... No, I would say physically abusive because that scene with the wood chopping was fucked up. And it's so important to you to save his ass and not get your kids out of there. You're a shitty mom. (laughs) Sorry, whatever your name is. Well, even the son said too, like, why don't we just leave him here? Why are we taking him? I can't explain it right now. Yeah. I would have been like... just gotta get him away from the house. I would have been like, peace out, motherfucker. I'm out. (laughs) Yeah, I think... um, I like this movie. I think it's really cool. Um, I think it's cool, too, how it slowly shows the... 
and it's like it's almost instantly after they move in like they have that first day where they like have like the montage of the moving in mm-hmm. and then after that it's like almost instantly there's like little things with George that you see um he starts changing like he's irritable or he's cold all the time right? yeah he there's wore like those contacts things, that yeah. had, i mean like george didn't but ryan reynolds wore contacts that made his eyes look black and they were like bloodshot and mm-hmm. yeah so there's just like little things and it's like a slow transition like it starts out slow like and then all of a sudden it's like he's a shithead and he's horrible and he's screaming at these kids calling them stupid and calling his wife d- d- dumb and you know, forcing uh, his stepson to hold wood that while he's chopping it with an axe. Um, you know, degrade, just being very degrading um, throughout the movie. And it's like you slowly see him go from a really sweet guy who wants to kind of win over the kids to becoming, like, their worst nightmare. Which is another thing that was fabricated. Uh, the kid's biological dad in real life didn't die. He was still alive. And they still, at the time that this was going on i believe they were still talking to him george lutz did eventually adopt them but he I'm didn't pass that their dad wasn't a very good person i, I don't i'm not sure i think that added I, I think it was something to add to the tension in the movie to have their father dead and and have george walking into those conversations that she's having with the kids about how you know nobody will ever replace their father for her i think it, it added to like the jealousy and the rage that he was feeling from the the um the demonic presence i yeah. suppose yeah and i guess it could go to well i mean i guess not because i was gonna say it could be it could have been interesting if it was a movie where it was you don't know if he's actually possessed or if he's just losing his mind and trying to win these kids like over a jealous rage yeah so what a way to win the kids over. Yeah. So, I mean... The thing is, too, is, like, if... It, I know that, that this is all false, like, the movie, but it's, like, it, like... You know, when you watch movies, you get connected to the characters and stuff. It's, like, how could they ever trust him again, you know, regardless of the situation in the house? Like, yeah. how do you go to trust a man like, that did that put you through all that again? Well, that's why, too, like, before I... Before researching it at all, because I didn't know too much about the actual case the first time I saw this movie. Yeah. So researching it later on, before I did that, it, that was kind of my mindset too. Is I'd be like, I wouldn't want to live with this guy who just like tried to kill us. But in real life, obviously that's not the case. Oh, um, the character of Jody. If you want another thing that was made up for scares, um, her name's not Jody. Well, there was no. The youngest girl who died by Ronnie DeFeo, I think, was 12. Mm-hmm. So um, she was much younger than the youngest child that was actually killed. Yeah, and her name was Jody. Um, Missy Lutz, which is... In, in this movie, character. In this movie, it's Chelsea Lutz. It's because Missy's a sucky name. Yeah. Um, she did apparently have an imaginary friend named Jody in real life. But they said Jody was a, like, pig-like entity with red eyes um that sounds scary too yeah well apparently uh some people have said that this was actually just a stray cat that lived outside because ronnie defeo said that there was a stray cat that would always 
like come in and you'd see like the reflection of the eyes in the window mm-hmm, and, it was and creepy, yeah. yeah and he called it pig because he said it was just this so, fat cat so that looked like a pig took, and took it to imagination yeah and the kid well ronnie defeo missy watts like mm-hmm. um and that could also have to do with like the the whole like weber telling them stuff about mm-hmm. the defeos but um the neighbor of, to the house there's been interviews with him and he said like yeah that that was my cat like it was my outdoor cat that she was seeing it looked like a pig <laughs> that must have been like a Maine Coon. Yeah. <laughs> really so, sad cat. But um the character of Jody for this movie, the little girl that um Chelsea is seeing was Ronnie DeFeo's little sister that he killed and is like pretty much the main ghost of the movie. Mm-hmm. Which I, I thought that that was weird too. Like all of the ghosts that they're seeing in this house are Native these Native Americans and then you have one ghost and it's See, I think, I think that's the thing, is that Jody made more sense than the Native Americans. I feel like that whole Native American plotline didn't need to be in the movie. I think that they could have just done, like, snippets of the family. Mm-hmm. You know what? There is one more thing I want to talk about. There's a really cool scene where Ryan Reynolds, um, see, he looks... Okay, so there's a... Uh, towards the beginning, when they first move in the house, there's a moment where Chelsea wanders off with Jody... And ends up in the boathouse, and they freak out, and they're like, oh, you can't be in here, you know, like, you could have drowned. Um, that night, he wakes up at 3.15, because he hears the dog barking, and he looks outside, and he sees her, um, Chelsea's balloon come out of the door of the, the boathouse. So he goes down there, he jumps in the water, realizes she's not out there, she's up in her room. But he walks in to go check on the boys after that. And he sees himself with a shotgun in his hand, and blows shooting his that part. Is- shooting the boys and then shooting himself, and it was, it's like a really creepy scene. Probably mm-hmm. one of my favorite ones in the movie, um, because it's like he he's getting warned almost, like mm-hmm. you need to get out of here because this is what's gonna happen, you know? Yeah, I think the movie overall was really well done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I think it's it's one of the better movies to come out of the two thousands. Yeah, absolutely. You wanna write it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, we're still doing out of ten. Yeah, that hasn't changed. Well, we haven't <laughs> we haven't recorded in a while. Um, I'd say I would give this movie a solid seven point two. It's really good. It's really enjoyable. Um, there, I feel like the the its biggest thing was was probably what it elaborated on with the story. Um, I think any time that you take inspiration from a real event, it makes it just a little bit scarier, even though you know that this is very, 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 very loosely based. Yeah. It just, like, makes it a little spookier, and I think being from New York, Amityville is 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 a haunting that everybody as kind of holds in their heart, you know? Um, so it makes it fun for us as New Yorkers, I think, to be like, ooh... We're, you know, only like an hour from there. <laughs> yeah. But um, uh, I think that it had a lot of really good things going for it. The storyline was really, I wouldn't say unique because the haunted house thing is very a standard thing. But um, the storyline was fun. It wasn't too scary. Uh, it was really enjoyable. There wasn't anything raunchy in it. It wasn't cheesy. It was shot really well. And there's good little spooks in it, you know? You get scared. Um, 
but not overly focused on jump scares, just a couple. Yeah. So I think they did a really good job at balancing. I was going to give it a seven, so we're pretty much on the same page with that. Um, this is a movie that I I have seen so many times. I used, it used to be one of my favorites back in the 2000s. Yeah, he was quoting it when we were watching <laughs> um, I, I think it's shot really well. I think that the acting is amazing. You do get the feeling that it is a family. Yeah, and, and Ryan Reynolds plays crazy really well. The voices. <laughs> he hears voices in a lot of movies. But um, it, it is a movie. It, it does have really genuinely scary parts. The part... The Great special effects, too. Like, makeup. Yeah, the CGI. Uh, they didn't I'm, go crazy with CGI, though. No, but when it does show the makeup, like, when he goes... All the Native American scenes. Very creepy. No, there wasn't CGI, and it was just very well done. Um, I think that the choices that they made to change the story were for the better of the movie. Um, oh, absolutely. I, I, I do disagree that they probably shouldn't have marketed as... Oh, new evidence. We found new evidence. Like, no. And I, I will say, too, I haven't seen all of them, but there's, like, 20 Amityville movies that have come out. They're all really bad. <laughs> well, I can't say because I haven't seen all of them, but the one of the ones I've seen, this is the best one. So if you're going to watch an Amityville movie, I would highly recommend this one over any of the other ones. I mean, there could be some creepier ones, but... Yeah, I would recommend this, and I would recommend it, too, to, like... um um, not necessarily a starter horror movie, but I would say, like, oh, hey, if you're having a sleepover and you're in high school, 14-year-old, whatever, this will be a good one to scare your friends. Mm-hmm. So, that being said... Watch it in, like, your creepy, like, basement. <laughs> we're gonna wrap this movie up. Wrap this movie. We're gonna wrap this episode up. Um, you can tune in next week. We're gonna try and get back to weekly releases, um, if not weekly, bi-weekly. Yeah, we should be back next week. We're gonna be covering Night of the Demons, which I don't know if the ratings are gonna be as high for that yeah. one. <laughs> it should be interesting. Um, you can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Horror Even Podcasts on Apple Podcasts or iTunes, Spotify, Spotify. Yeah, we're on. Fuck, I forgot we were on we Spotify. Got, we got put on. We we had ourselves put on Spotify when we were on our break, so we did do something. Yeah, so check us out on there. Leave us a rating on Apple Podcasts if you want to wait until we put out a few more episodes. You can. I understand. Um, <laughs> you can check out our past episodes. If there's anything that you want us to cover. Hit us up and let us know, because we're pretty open right now. We did have a schedule for a while, but since we stopped posting, we kind of threw the schedule out the window. Um, like I said, next week we're going to be doing Night of the Demons. As much as you're going to hate it, I think we should wrap up Friday the 13th, finally. Uh, <laughs> it's going to be what, Jason X? Jason Goes to Hell and Jason X. The bottom and of then, the bottom, No, boys. we gotta do Freddy vs. Jason, but we gotta finish Nightmare on Elm Street before we do that, too. Yeah, but I, I think it'd be cool, too, to do a, um... We, if we finish up Friday the 13th, maybe do an episode where we rank all of the movies. Max, you can record that one with your daddy. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if there's any... I'm sure there's other stuff that no, we No, seriously, cover. if you guys have suggestions, hit us up. Um, I've been wanting to cover Amityville for a long time. I've actually suggested a few times, which I'm surprised that it took us this long to kind of get around to this one. Yeah. Uh, I feel like we always forget the 2000s. Really? I feel like we cover them a lot. Really? Yeah. Mm. I guess we did, like, The Ring recently. We did, like, Ghost Ship, 13 Ghosts. 
Those were fun. Yeah. Those. The, I feel like this movie really broke out from that, though, because, like, those movies were still... Still felt like 90s, almost. Yeah. Where this one really, like, was like, this is a new era of horror. So, we hope you enjoyed the episode. Have a good night. Have a great night. <laughs>